Welcome to this month's edition of Information's Crossroad podcast. My name's Abby Miller, and this month we've decided to take a bit of a detour with JB passing over the reins to me. Some of you may have heard me on the show before, and we thought it was about time I got in the driver's seat. Like many of the virtual coffee break discussions happening over the past few months, today we're going to again talk about how the COVID-19 pandemic is impacting the infrastructure world and how the P3 model could evolve with the times. First, I'll be speaking with Director of Infrastructure at BDO, Seth Miller-Gabriel, and then I'll bring in John Burke to discuss next week's USP3 conference hosted by Information. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Um, For anyone who doesn't know Seth, he has had a well-traveled path in the P3 realm before coming to BDO in September. Seth served as Director of Strategic Initiatives and Programs with the Association for the Improvement of American Infrastructure. And before that, he served as Director of the Washington, D.C. Office of Public-Private Partnerships. Thanks for joining us, Seth. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, um, so let's just jump right into it. Um, So how are you seeing the market market react to the COVID-19 situation? Well, that's a great question, Abby. the market has been reacting in, in some pretty significant ways. For one, uh, projects that have been in process are already moving along into past design phase and the construction phase are, are getting done. In many cases, that it has been of great benefit to the jurisdiction where those projects are located. It's keeping folks employed uh, and keeping um, things moving forward. Uh, on the downside, uh, we're seeing kind of a, a lack of planning for new projects, which is understandable because you have governments at all level and the private sector as well, um, uncertain what the future might hold for large-scale infrastructure projects and what the, the new normal for infrastructure will look like. So there's going to be a, a gap in project planning. And so um, kind of the difficult days ahead a little bit in the short term, hopefully, where you're going to have um, a, a lack of some projects so that plan is not getting done. But on the back end of that, um, seeing uh, a great potential where there's going to be pent-up demand uh, that's been waiting for these projects. So anticipate um, a, an uptick in new projects as that planning comes back online and infrastructure does need to get built or rebuilt uh, as we move forward. So kind of a, a, a approach where it's going to be a bit of a roller coaster, um, but I think this is going to lead to a significant increase in the amount of public-private partnerships getting done here in the United States. Um, And do you think that we'll see the market shift to different types of projects when that demand increases again? Yeah, I I do believe we're going to see a shift from um, what has been traditionally a a transport-only market here in the U.S. with a few social projects here and there to one where we're going to have a a marked increase in the number of of social or non-transport projects. If you think about um, how we're going to conduct business in the future, looking at public spaces, so um, office buildings, uh, government office buildings, schools, medical facilities, um, justice centers, courthouses, I think we're going to have a shift to those projects and a big shift in public-private partnerships for those projects as uh, local and state governments in particular that are going to have budgetary constraints uh, going forward um, are going to try to find innovative ways of, of designing, building, financing those projects and really trying to squeeze more efficiency out of them to make sure that we're going to have public facilities that are safe uh, and operating uh, in such a way that people uh, feel comfortable going to them, but are also appropriately maintained. So I going to see a shift from my prediction um, from what has just been transportation. I do anticipate strong transportation in the future, but more and more uh, an increase in social infrastructure projects in the market. Like you said about 
the transport heavy market, uh, a lot of these are, you know, pretty multi-billion dollar projects. Mm -hmm. Do you think we'll start to see some smaller projects as maybe social projects drive the next generation? Absolutely. Um, social infrastructure, as you said, is just by nature tends to be smaller dollar amount because um, the, the buildings just don't cost nearly as much as, a, as a, a toll road or a transit system. That being said, though, there's significant investment that will be made uh, over the life cycle of those projects, which is really the, the, the hallmark and the, the core of any good P3. You're looking at the, the full life cycle costing, um, the full cost ownership for that building. That's why you, you want to have these partnerships. Um, but yeah, I definitely see uh, in the future, near-term future, uh, as we shift towards more social uh, P3 projects, um, increased number of smaller projects that we haven't seen in the market here in the U.S. So, so kind of um, still some of those multi-billion dollar transport projects, but more and more uh, smaller, either single courthouses, like you saw in Howard County, uh, or bundling of projects. So maybe a, a grouping of schools in, in different places or, or police or fire facilities. Um, I think we're going to get there. Uh, we're going to kind of redefine economy of scale, and we're going to redefine what a P3 means in the U.S. into a more social infrastructure context. So definitely an increase um, in the, the smaller in the project, but there's an awful lot of opportunity there. If you think about the, the number of toll roads one could have uh, in the United States versus the number of facilities that are waiting to be addressed due to maintenance backlog, uh, so many more opportunities on, on that social side, and a lot of good that can be done there. I mean, we can deliver uh, as an industry, as a P3 community, uh, deliver better facilities um, to address the needs and the, the changing needs uh, of, of the populations that we're serving. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And so you mentioned courthouses and schools. Do you think that other um, government buildings such as, I mean, I know that they're at OP3, you worked on the Henry J. Daly Building project, which I know is in a bit of a stalemate, um, but then also things like libraries. Do you think those could come to market? Oh, absolutely. Um, when you look at the model that you can apply using availability payment, where the, the public owner is going to make payments of that facility is available and being maintained appropriately and, and operating in such a way that really meets all those goals of, of meeting the needs of the public in an environmentally sensitive way. Um, you're going to see, yes, places like libraries. Um, you mentioned the, the daily building headquarters for um, governmental services. Uh, definitely, I, I see a future where you're going to have more of a, a long-term relationship under a P3 or innovative project delivery model where government says, all right, we want to lock in this relationship for, for 20, 30, maybe even more years to make sure that we're getting the best value for money, um, best value for the public's money out of this, and, and kind of going away from that model where you're going to have um, tendering and retendering of, of, of contracts over and over again for the same services in a building and one where it's going to be that long-term relationship. Uh, and at least my prediction is we get more and more social projects, the, the industry will, will come to that because they'll realize that benefit. Uh, the public will come to that because they're going to realize the benefit when they have better facilities, um, better schools for their children to go to, better libraries for everyone to enjoy. Uh, and it's just going to be a way that we're going to be able to meet kind of the increasing demands we're going to have on our public spaces and, and the changing demands we're going to have on the public spaces. And we're going to have to do it all together. It's going to take uh, real partnerships and, and real innovation, and that's a beauty of, of the market. And why, why I'm so excited um, to be here at BDO, where, where I truly believe we're going to be an opportunity to help those public owners and, and the private partners as well uh, achieve that, that benefit for everyone. Uh, Seth, it's John Burke here. I had a, had a question for you on that front. 
one of the the bigger dust ups in 2018 was um, Michigan's uh, social labs projects, um, where there seemed to be a lot of dust ups among the various agencies, and uh, you know ultimately it led to the, that project getting shelved somewhat at a point where they had uh, shortlisted bidders. Are you envisioning these next generations of social projects to be more procured in the sense of uh, getting a progressive procurement in place to get everybody's sort of interests aligned? We, we are covering a couple of projects in that vein right now, like most notably Sepulveda out of, out of LA, which is an LRT project. But on the social front, in talking to municipalities, or is that sort of the approach they're they're looking to take uh, for these uh, potential projects? Yes, the answer I can tell you is yes. In, in speaking to different um, government and, and industry leaders, um, all in the innovative project delivery space, there's certainly an increased interest over the last um, year and 18 months in the progressive P3 model, and I think there's different names for it in different places, but um, where that relationship is evolving, um, it certainly allows for, for different um, off-ramps if need be, if, if the project doesn't look like it's going to work out under that particular procurement model. Um, but it allows for the, that growing relationship where um, kind of goes through a bit of a discovery of what does the project really need, um, what are the best ways to, to move forward between the two parties. So um, to answer your question directly, yes, from what I've been hearing from leadership um, across the community within Innovative Project Delivery, uh, I do expect that we're going to see um, a greater utilization of that model, of that procurement model, the progressive um, P3, quote unquote, um, going forward. Now, it, We'll we'll see we'll see how that works out, but I, I think you're right. I definitely agree that we'll see more of it. Great, thanks. And then also from a technical aspect or point of view, I suppose, do you think that we'll see changes in design to some of these projects in terms of like air filtration and such as a result of COVID nineteen? Well, I'm certainly not an engineer or, or an expert on oh, no, uh, yeah. airflow or HVAC system, but but yes, um, I think there is certainly going to be a reexamination, um, both on a regulatory side and just a community sense of um, you know mm -hmm. how how much how often is the air filtered or, or transferred out? Um, you know, do we need to get to surgical levels? Who knows? Um, I think we're still in a period of, of discovery on that, of, of what the needs will be, what the right answer is. Um, but um, yes, I think we're going to see going forward a renewed focus um, on the part of everyone uh, about how air is controlled within buildings and how it is how it is managed. I mean, just just stands to reason that that's going to be an outcome of, of uh, what we're all living through right now. Um, and what is the condition of the air inside these facilities? And that is certainly going to play into any kind of project delivery uh, under uh, a P3 innovative project delivery or any model. Um, you can imagine the the public interest in this resulting from from our current situation. So yes, I think we're going to see a change. Well, what does that mean? Um, uh, is there going to be different technologies that are going to be deployed, uh, applied to this? I, I certainly hope so. And I hope that actually leads to some innovations in efficiency. Can, can we achieve the goals, um, the air quality levels within buildings that, that we're going to be demanding and do it in such a way that uh, it can be uh, effective and efficient, both from a cost standpoint and an environment standpoint. But there are great firms out there um, that I've had the pleasure of working with and getting to know um, within the P3 space and the construction and operation space. Uh, and I imagine that uh, they're all working on this um, very hard right now. Uh, Seth, uh, John here again. Um, there's a, obviously a couple social projects that we're actively uh, 
covering right now, um, you know, namely the Prince George's County School Bundle, um, which is, uh, you know, nearing nearing sort of the end of their procurement process. And then uh, much earlier over in Oregon, uh, we have Clackamas County uh, in their courthouse. Are there any other uh, projects that you're hearing out there that are sort of nearing um, the launch phase or in discovery phase that we should be aware of that fits within some of the, th the things you're looking at? Uh, unfortunately, I don't have any new news to re report on that. Um, I've heard a few things in the market, but nothing that is um, ready for, for public discussion just yet. Sure. Um, but I can tell you from what I've heard um, on both sides, the public and, and the private side, uh, that there is such an interest uh, on the part of uh, county and city governments, uh, similar to the, the counties you spoke about, um, looking at all, I guess you could call them sub-asset classes, so between schools, courthouses, um, uh, looking at those kind of facilities, um, building on the success um, of places like Howard County, uh, and then of course in, in Canada with schools projects, um, trying to see where they can find that efficiency to meet um, budgetary needs, but also delivering better facilities. So, um, yeah, nowhere I can point uh, just yet, um, but I can tell you that there is certainly a, more interest in the social space than I have seen in all my years in, in this field. Yeah, to your point, I guess, Abby, we'd heard, right, that there was um, a, another bundle uh, budgeted within Prince George's County behind the ones that were the project that's currently out there being procured. So there's more in the pipeline there. And obviously, yes, to your point in Canada, Alberta uh, is uh, building schools through P3 as well. Um, so, yeah, it's it's very active space. That's right. Well, Seth, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's been a pleasure talking to you and hearing what you have to say about the market. Well, thank you all so very much. It's a pleasure to be speaking today. Really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for having me and, and BDO. And um, hopefully I get to speak to you again. Thanks again, Seth. Uh, and now turning it over to you, JB, what can we expect out of next week's conference? Uh, thanks, Abby. And uh, uh, great to have Seth on the program today. Yes, next uh, week we do have our annual P3 conference, um, once delayed, but finally here. It'll be all virtual, uh, obviously, and, um, you know, we have a bunch of um, sessions lined up, which we think will interest, hopefully, both the public and private side of things. Just wanted to highlight um, a couple of sessions, um, you know, where we just kind of recently formalized our panels. Actually, closing out this conference is kind of a new panel that we created called uh, Climate Change. And we're looking at sort of the impact of climate change on infrastructure. You know, we are covering an active a project that's going on in sort of resiliency out there called Fargo-Moorhead as uh, sort of one of the drivers for this. Um, but also we have other projects out there that are currently in different stages of feasibility, such as something that's being conducted with uh, Miami-Dade right now. So chairing the panel this year will be um, Alan Marks of Millbank. Um, we also welcome Furman Fontanes from um, the executive director of the Puerto Rico P3 Authority. Uh, Scott Jacobs, um, who... Um, was uh, a keynote speaker actually at our IWF conference this year. He'll be on that panel as well. Barry Gold from Marathon Capital, Jennifer Ching from Moody's, who's a senior analyst, uh, and also very excited by this guest here, uh, Noon Tara Key, who is the director, direct, deputy director in, of climate resilience uh, for the governor's office of planning and research for California. Um, very, very interested to hear what she has to say on the topic, uh, given. Um, how very active and often uh, California is in leading climate change and, and the movement towards uh, clean energy. So that will be closing 
the panel uh, on Tuesday, October 6th. That panel will be at um, 2.45. So at four o'clock to close day one, we have a panel discussion labeled, is fixed price contracting a broken model? Investors in the P3 space uh, will understand that this is how um, P3 contracts are usually modeled around the fixed price contract. However, there has been some negative developments in the industry as of late in the US and Canada namely um, Denver canceling the Great Hall P3 contract at the Denver International Airport, which they had to re-procure as a, as a design build. Hamilton, uh, Ontario canceling their LRT project. And then um, finally, most recently, essentially, the Maryland Transit Authority or MTA um, having to come to a decision soon about what they're going to do with the Purple Line you know, given that uh, both the contractors and equity investors are trying to get out of their contract uh, currently uh, and what the MTA is going to do there. So uh, speaking on this panel or chairing this panel, excuse me, is uh, Raymond DeFrizio of SNBC, Frank Sasser, Interim Executive Director of the Gateway Program Development Corporation, Colin Papard, Senior Director for the LA Office of Innovation for LA Metro, Trevor Elias. Senior Director of Infrastructure Ratings for S&P Global Ratings. Also joining the panel recently was Dan Stoppenhagen, um, Executive Vice President for Engineering, Bidding, and Business Development for Lane Corporate Construction. And Jensen Clark, um, VP of Business Development for Fengate. So we hope um, you'll be able to uh, join uh, these panels and others. Again, to repeat, uh, chairing, opening the, set, the keynote, our keynote presentation, will be Dr. Gunalan, uh, president of the American Society of Civil Engineers. So again, hope um, you guys can join us. Uh, more information can be found on our events page on uh, information. That's it for me, Abby. All right, great. Thanks, JB. And thanks everyone for listening in and JB for giving me this opportunity. Bye y'all.